the blast from our past network. Smalls, you mean to tell me that you went home and swiped a ball that was signed by Babe Ruth, and you brought it out here and actually played with it? And actually played with it? Yeah! Yeah, but I was gonna bring it back! But it was signed by Babe Ruth! Yeah, yeah, you keep telling me that. Who is she? What? What? The Sultan of Swat. The King of Crash. The Colossus of Clout. The Colossus of Clout. Babe Ruth! The Great Bambino! Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and this week we're going to be covering the movie The Sandlot, and welcome, Dean. Hey, Tim. I'm pretty excited for this one. I had to pump myself up all week and keep telling myself, don't be a goofus. Don't be a goofus. Don't be a goofus. Yeah, don't. Don't do that. And now it's too late. <laughs> and there we go. You've already man, been a goofus. Man. That's <laughs> the thing it. about the word goofus. As soon as you say it, you're being one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. How's it going? Uh, great. Great. How about you? I'm great. I'm great as well. It's podcast day. Yeah. Love it. You, how, how do you feel about the Sandlot? Do you like this one? I like the Sandlot. Absolutely. Great. I know you like it too. I do, I do. It's one. It was one of the big movies growing up. I I liked the baseball movies, so it was uh, okay. Rookie of the Year, Angels in the Outfield, and and the Sandlot. Probably the Sandlot, the one I watched the most out of those three. Yeah, I think the Sandlot's the most fun out of that group. Yeah. Uh, I saw this bad boy in the theater. Just no loved way. It. Oh yeah, I just wow. loved it. I think it was. I was probably like a maybe a, a year or two kind of after the. Like the, the demograph that they were kind of going for with this one. Right. But still, right. I still had a ton of fun with it. And was very surprised, very yeah. pleasantly surprised coming out of that movie with how fun it was. Oh, yeah. It, it, it creates a nice summer feel. That's what I really like about it. That's right. And that's why we're doing it, actually. We're, we're trying to yeah. pump out some summer movies for the listeners. Hey, listeners. Thanks for joining. Love all of you. We- we don't want you being the only one that has to sweat it out, Tim. We want to do some summer content so that our listeners can sweat it out too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to get the true impact of this one, yeah. find the hottest day possible and then just go and lie in the dirt and listen to yes. this episode. Roll around in the dirt. It'll be <laughs> yeah, roll. it'll be great for this one, I think. This is a this is a dirty one. This is a this dirty This is a dirt episode. roller for sure. This is a dirt roller. <laughs> yeah. Um no, funny story though. Um, just the other day, I had a friend of the podcast and um, repeat co-host of the podcast, Terry, come mm. over. He's on our Star Trek episodes. He came over. We had decided we wanted to toss the ball around and swing the bat a little bit. So we have a, a field near my house, and we kind of you know wandered over there. And we cracked the ball, hit some pop flies and some grounders, nice. tossed it around a little bit. And uh, kind of like halfway through all that, he uh, he stops and he says, hey, Tim, have you seen the Sandlot? And I said, Terry, we're doing that this week on the podcast. That's amazing. I probably, I probably should have invited him on for that. My mistake. You're probably, Tim. Sorry, Terry. But yeah, so I, I think a lot of people like the Sandlot. It's yeah, a good one. It, it is. It's It seems to be one of those... Uh, one of those classic movies that's uh it, it's just fun i don't you know what when i watch it when i watched it back this time it's got a, it's got a lot of things in it that i probably wouldn't have liked as a kid like there's a lot of uh like nervous nervous parts and and parts where kids are being like embarrassed and stuff and i would hate that i would hate when i was embarrassed as a kid so maybe i felt maybe i could relate to the characters maybe that's why i really liked it as a kid but uh yeah this is just one that i feel like hits with a lot of people a lot of people like the sandlot yeah, that's a good point. When you're, you know, as a kid watching it, you have a lot of big emotions. So you kind yeah. of feel all that. Now, as a grown up, I'm I'm void of all emotions, right? I'm just, right. It's just nothing. There's nothing left anymore. So <laughs> there's only nothingness. <laughs> there's just nothingness. So, you know, I wasn't like 
as embarrassed in those scenes. So right, I feel like I have more emotions now than I has had as oh, a kid. Oh really? So, yeah. So I was even more embarrassed watching it. Oh, good for you. Good for you for yeah. going the other way. <laughs> uh, we'll finally have a movie here where our sports references will make make sense. Oh yes, yes, Tim. They Tim they hit this one out of the park. They they did, Dean. They did. Yeah, it was yeah. great. I thought the acting was a home run. Oh, perfect, excellent. And that Wendy Peppercorn, double play. <laughs> oh, a double play. <laughs> double play. Mm. Okay, maybe even yeah. a triple. A triple. I'd yeah. like to go to home base. <laughs> okay, Tim. Wait, is that something? <laughs> yes, Tim. No, There's, that's Tim. No, uh, first base. First base. Okay, you'd like to go to first base. I wonder what what it would be like to go to first base. I think someone in this movie stole second. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> he, he stole second. He stole second. He sure did. Okay, well, released in 1993 with a budget of $7 million, it grosses $34 million. So I think that's great. Pretty good, yeah. I got no problem with that. No. In a, in a family movie where they say shit like 10 times, that's pretty good. That's pretty good gross. Oh, did they swear that much? Yeah, they say shit a lot. That, they like that oh, one. I didn't even notice it. See, again, I'm yeah. just void of feelings. <laughs> Everything. I'm void just of feelings and emotions. <laughs> <laughs> You're hanging out with Brian too much. <laughs> yeah, Brian's He's, a he's rubbing influence. off on you. Seriously. That guy, he has no affect and he doesn't care about anything. You're just all data now, Tim. You just crunch the numbers. That's it. That's right. Yeah. I'm just, everything's <laughs> binary for me. We should do um, Matrix Reloaded, I guess. Oh, definitely, Tim. I, definitely. I feel like I could hit that one out of the park. You're, you're, fin- <laughs> <laughs> you're finally ready to hit the Matrix 2 out of the park. <laughs> I'm ready for that one. Let's get that on the schedule. It was written and directed by David Mickey Evans. And I haven't seen a single other movie from this guy's collection. Here's a few he's done. Okay, good. I didn't look him up, so I don't know anything. Anything he's done. He did Radio Flyer, A Far Off Place, Journey to the Center of the Earth, a couple of the Beethoven sequels. He did The Sandlot 2. Didn't even know there was one. Mm. He, and apparently, actually, there's a third one. Did you know oh, that? okay. It involves uh, no. like some sort of time travel. That sounds great. It does sound great. I kind of want to watch all. I'm kind of thinking maybe we do two and three as a double feature. I think so. Tra- like travel back in time to perhaps uh, pickle the beast uh, again. Something like that. I didn't really get Something that like reference. That. Pickle the beast. I never I didn't. I never. <laughs> I never what understood meant. what pickle meant. I don't know if they used it correctly. Because I, I mean, know. I know what yeah. pickle getting into a pickle means. At first, they're saying, yeah. and then. You know, he was going to get us into the biggest pickle any of us would ever be in. And I know what that means. But then they transitioned that into saying they're going to pickle the beast. And I don't understand what that means. Tim, it's also because at the beginning of the film, when Benny gets into a rundown, they call that a pickle as well. So the problem is they're using pickle twice. Right. So I I can kind of see what what they were going for, but it didn't really pan out. Yeah. Now, the music is by David Newman, who's new to our show. But he did music for the Little Monsters. He did the music for the Mighty Ducks, for Coneheads, Jingle All the Way, Galaxy Quest, Serenity, and many more. I love me some Galaxy Quest, by the way. Oh, yeah. Galaxy Quest is great. Tim, I love me some Mighty Ducks. Well, I know you do. Yeah. That music is great. I don't remember it. It's organ music, eh? It's all organ? No, it's not organ. That's just a hawk. That's the last hockey game you were at, Tim. Oh, there's my an bad. organ playing at that. My bad. Now, Dean, I would say with a mostly all kids cast, I'm very surprised I wasn't offended by anyone's acting in this movie. They are terrific. All of them. They are. Everybody in this movie is terrific. I would I would say some of the lines were delivered like a little bit late. Like, it, mm. I don't think their timing was all that great, but whatever. It's fine. They're kids, right? And I think this... most of them, most of them are pretty good at the timing. I, w- I would agree with you. Maybe a couple deliver some lines, maybe not perfectly, but I think overall very, very good. And actually, 
Now, now that I'm just thinking of it, maybe that's more of a fault of the editing and not the actors. Like the, the right, editing yeah. could have easily just cut that a second closer and yeah, exactly. have the line play better. But uh, that this is kind of where I think the heart of the film is, is with these kids and their acting performances. Oh, yeah. Because the, sto- the story is pretty basic. Like there's not a lot going on here. They drag some scenes out pretty long just to blow time. Uh, so I think these kids are what end up carrying this movie. Yeah, it's a super it's actually a super weirdly structured movie because like the first hour and 20 minutes is basically set up for the last 20 minutes. It's really strange. Yeah, it's like just to get to know the characters in the first hour and 20 minutes so that when you get to like all the action stuff that's going to happen in the last 20 minutes, I guess, you know, them all. Um, I don't know. It's it, it's a weird structure. Yeah, it was a bit weird. It's not not a big deal, but. No, I, I really enjoy the first part. Like, I, I know once yeah. we get to the action, that's the big part of it. But I really enjoy that first that first section of the movie where we're just oh, basically hanging out with the kids. Th- that was my favorite part. Yeah, I, I like the Same. first part. Yeah. Definitely. The first half is better than the second half for that reason. Yeah. So when the filming started on this movie, Dean, the kids were apparently all out of control and not taking the movie very seriously. <laughs> oh, Really? Shocker. Oh my yeah, goodness. Shocker. Who would have who would have thought? So the director sat them down for a heart to heart about oh, being no. a professional. It sounds horrible, Tim. That, yeah, sounds, that sounds like something like a, I couldn't watch. That sounds like a rough conversation. Yeah. Uh when that didn't work, Squints, <laughs> the character of Squints in the movie, okay. he made a deal with the director that if the director brought them a Playboy, they'd behave. What? So the director brought them a Playboy. And they behaved. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, good for them for behaving after that. I feel like that would just get me more wound up, Tim. Maybe. Maybe so. (laughs) There's no way I could focus on a movie after that. That, Yeah, that could go one one of two ways, I think. Yeah. That's really funny. And uh, more hijinks on the set when the character of Smalls, his real life brother, snuck all the kids into the theater to watch Basic Instinct. (laughs) These kids are so horny. <laughs> I know they were, but they're like Which twelve is, years I old. Mean, that, That's what it twelve works year old with the movie. They're pretty horny. They're pretty horny yeah. in the movie. Yeah, the, the character of Timmy in the movie described going to that movie as quote a big moment for a twelve year old. <laughs> <laughs> Beauty, attaboy, Timmy. Oh, jeez. All right, let's get into it here. Okay. So the the movie starts out, and we see an adult who works as a play-by-play announcer at a baseball park. He's narrating to us, and he tells us about how Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez became a neighborhood legend and became his best friend. Hmm. We flash back to kids playing baseball at a local diamond. And, dude, how much fun did this look? Just There were so many kids there. It was just a kids-organized game. Like No umpires, just, like... It's the summer and all the kids in the neighborhood just show up at the baseball diamond. I wish, I wish now that I had enough friends just to get a baseball game going because playing baseball is so much fun. Yeah, that's something that I never could do was get that many friends together just playing baseball who all wanted to be there and all wanted to play. I don't know if it's it maybe it's different for us because we're in Canada and baseball is not like as big as it is in America. But like I had one or two friends that played baseball. So we would go to the diamond and we would have one guy plays the outfield, one guy pitches, one guy hits. That's how we had to play because we only had three guys. It would have been amazing having eight or nine guys out there just playing and having fun. It looked like so much fun. Yeah, it did. Uh, I mean, we, once in a while, we get to play these big baseball games when we have like big family reunions or like big family birthday parties or something. But, um, I don't know. There's just something about this, the innocence of the fun that they were all having that just made me wish I could do that. Even like right now I do that. I want to do that right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, when when Scotty was explaining that like they don't keep score, they basically just play and it never ends. Like that just made me happy. I was like, oh man, this is summer. Like just come out to the ball diamond, just play until you have to go home. Just sounds like a great day. Sounds good to me, man. Now this narration continues and we see that the narrator is now a kid and he's moved into a new town. We meet Dennis Leary who's his asshole stepfather. 
Love Dennis Leary, though. This guy's a treasure. Yeah, he is definitely an asshole in this movie, though. Definitely. So this kid, Smalls, is his name. Uh, He follows a group of other kids to their local diamond, and it's called the Sandlot. And since they only have eight kids, he wants to be the ninth to make a full team. The problem is, he sucks at baseball. He doesn't just suck. He, like, basically doesn't know how to do anything. Right. He's the worst at baseball. He's the worst, yeah. And also, his hat is really weird. It's really, really strange. That is quite the hat. I've never seen one like it since. I've never seen that hat. Yeah. That brim? It's the longest is, that's brim. That's the longest brim I've ever seen in history. <laughs> yes. He's got some serious shade, though. Like, oh, yeah. He gets some good shade from that brim. That's like head to toe shade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even if he was wear wearing shorts, that anywhere. was like, yeah, exactly. He's shading his legs with that brim. Yeah. He might be onto something, actually. <laughs> Anyways, he gets embarrassed and uh, the kids kind of laugh him off and he runs away. Yeah. Now, the narration keeps telling us about how him and this one kid, Benny, would become best friends. And by the end of summer, he'd also get them into the biggest pickle they've ever been in, as we already mentioned. It's Mm -hmm. that pickle again. Yeah. We meet Small's mother, played by Karen Allen, and she wants him to make some friends this summer. That's a great plan. Make some friends. Yes, I really liked this part um, when I was a kid, just like mom telling Smalls to go make some friends, get in some trouble, like I just want you outside for the summer. Um, I'll, I'll have to admit, when I was a kid, I had a, a big crush on Karen Allen in this movie. Oh, yeah? Not, not in... Um, uh, Raiders? Not, yeah, not in, not in Raiders, in this movie. Like, it's so strange. That's strange. In a, in a movie with Wendy Peppercorn, it's strange that you'd have a crush on... Uh... On her. I mean, yeah, there, there's a couple there's a couple hotties in this. You had a couple crushes, movie, I'm guessing. There's a couple crushes in this, yeah. So, to make friends, he decides to start with his stepdad, Bill. He wants Bill to teach him how to play catch so he can go on and make some other real friends. Sounds so like play, a good plan. That's a good plan. If you're going to make friends, you better be able to play baseball, right? Yeah. Yeah, Bill's not really interested in, in teaching him, though. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah, Smalls not is like, all. will you teach me how to play catch? And Bill's <laughs> like, yeah, sure. And then they just kind of like both go their, their separate ways. Just like, <laughs> and it yeah, seems okay, like that's guess... happened many times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great, thanks. Yeah, thanks. I'll check in later for when that might be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and And Bill is a horrible teacher also. Yes, he is. We'll get to that right here. Yeah, so they're they're playing catch, um, and like I mean we've alluded to it, but Smalls is so bad. He he can't yeah. catch, he can't throw. He's like walking the ball back to yeah. Bill and putting it in his glove, and Bill's just like, "What what are you doing? Like you're such a failure as a twelve year old boy." He's <laughs> yeah. like, he just, doesn't know how. Bill's so disgusted by him. I know. He's so Bill offended, sucks, man. Uh, I think it's fine, though, because Smalls has never played baseball before. Like, anybody who's never. never played baseball would play exactly like this guy's playing, you know? Of course. He doesn't know how to throw. He doesn't know how to catch because he's never done it before. So when Bill says, just keep your eye on the ball, and he keeps saying, just keep your eye on the ball, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> keep your eye on the ball doesn't mean anything. Like, no, tell him what to do. He's like, I'm sure he sees the ball go past his glove. Like, I'm sure he's seeing that happen. <laughs> keep the your eye on the ball doesn't make any sense if you don't know how to catch. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Smalls takes one right to the face. Yeah. And right in also, the eye. In the eye. It's also <laughs> unfortunate that Bob the asshole threw him a curveball. I know. <laughs> like he's just learning to catch, and Bill's gotta, practicing his curveball on him. Gotta gotta keep your eye out for that curve. You threw yeah. the kid a curveball? He can't even catch. <laughs> Watch the ball and also beware that I've got a wicked curveball. So it went right past his glove, right into his face. He didn't even warn him that, like, balls can move in the air if you give them spin. Yeah. An asshole. Man, that guy. Now, lucky for Smalls, though, that Benny 
comes by the next day and asks Smalls to join their team. And they all go out and play. Smalls continues to suck at baseball until Benny makes him look great by hitting the ball right into his glove. This is a great yes. scene. Great moment. Yes. It's a great moment. Benny, at this point, we have sort of figured out he is the nicest kid. Um, and also, he is the coolest motherfucker. Totally. He's what you would call best friend material. Oh, my goodness. Of course. Yes. And so that catch, that catch changes the whole mood of the team. They're on board with, with Smalls now. They, they love the guy. Yeah. And then Benny also gives Smalls a new glove. And a new hat, so he doesn't look so fucking dorky anymore. <laughs> yes. And he tells him to wear a t-shirt and jeans because Smalls was right. showing up with his button-up button up collared shirts. Um, yeah, the only thing he was missing for a job interview was a tie. Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. Benny's Benny's got like the three-quarter sleeve baseball shirts on. He wears oh, jerseys, yeah. but he wears them fully unbuttoned because he's the coolest. He doesn't even have yeah. to button up his jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, Smalls, if he wants to fit in here, needs to... Uh, Stop, stop where, stop going to a job interview. <laughs> yeah. So things are looking up. Everything's going great at the Sandlot until they run into a small problem. And the character Ham hits a home run and the ball mm. goes over the fence. Right. Now, this normally wouldn't be a big deal, except for what's on the other side of the fence. Dean. Love it. It's a yeah. creature, a monster. A horror, a terror, a giant, a child eater, a beast. Wow, yeah, it's all those things. It is. I love it because, you know what was the worst thing as a kid? Hitting your ball over a fence into someone else's yard. It just, it felt like it was a a horrible moment. Like, as soon as that you see that ball sail over into the yard, you're like, oh, shit, now what do we do? Like, we got to try to sneak and hop over the fence. There's no way we're going to the other person's front door, knocking on it and saying, like, my ball went in your yard. There's just no way I would ever have done that as a kid. I would try to sneak over the fence and get it. So I know the dread. I know the dread of the ball going over the fence. So I like that they've added, like, that there's, like, a monster on the other side. And that's why, like, it's very, very scary. Yeah, that's, that is a good point. Yeah, I do remember a time where jumping over the fence was kind of a scary thing. It was the high. That was like the high of your life. That was the most intense yeah. thing you'd ever experience was that rush of, oh, am I going to get caught being in someone else's yard? Right, that's true. Yeah, I also remember a time, though, where I was in everybody's yard. So there must have been a certain age break there where it becomes not yeah. a big deal and then it is a big deal because our... I remember freely just roaming through all of our neighbors' yards. You know, I'd I'd go up in yeah. their tree houses and hang out. Um, you know, neighbors would come out and say hello, and it was no big deal. But then I do know that there were a couple yards you just didn't want to be in. Right. So yeah. maybe may, yeah, it's maybe it's that idea. Like it's kind of like the worst yard in the neighborhood for that to happen. So yeah. Now we meet Wendy Peppercorn here. She's the hot lifeguard at the local pool. And mm-hmm. she's basically like a goddess to these guys, these kids. Yeah. Yeah. She's probably like, I don't know, 16 and they're probably 11 or 12, you know. So there's just a couple years gap, but those are like important years when you're going from like 12 to 16. So she looks a lot older than them and they are just like googly eyes over her. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did you ever go to like a local pool when you were younger in the summer? Yeah, for sure. You had, yeah. You had those experiences? Yeah, I like them. Yeah. Oh yeah, those are fun. I remember they're very remember fun. Some yeah. of those days, lots of fun. Very like they actually those days like really stick out in my mind from being very young. Like those are the big days. Going to the like the public pool was such a special day. I just I really loved going to the pool. Yeah, for sure. Um, older brother, he for like a summer he worked on the Dickie D uh, bike. That's like oh the, yeah, the ice cream bike where it was like a yeah. bike that you could just drive around the neighborhood and people would buy ice creams off you kind of like, like the ice cream man who might drive around in a truck. Right. At the, at that time they were just hiring kids and they would get these bikes and they just ride like basically a a refrigerator with wheels. They'd ride it around the neighborhood selling ice creams since he did it. And another friend of mine did it. I know that the friend of mine who would drive it around the neighborhood, he would sometimes only make like maybe three to five bucks a day doing it, oh, which wow. is not great. But <laughs> no. older brother realized 
that if you just park this thing at the at the pool, yeah, everyone wants ice cream. You have you have don't have to work That's at perfect. all. So he yeah. just sit there. He was pulling down like fifty bucks a day. And back that's then, smart. like, yeah. that's like, you know, what I was making in two weeks with my paper route, which was highly right. ru- lucrative. So he just was, I mean, he was hitting a, he was hitting a grand slam with that one. He was, he was rolling in it, man. Like, that's a great plan. That older brother would think of that. That, uh, that is a good plan. <laughs> he kind of broke the system too, because I remember that after he did it for, I can't remember, maybe a couple days or a week. Uh, that like the owners of the company were like, well, you just, you can't be the only one just to sit there. It's like, we have to share this with everybody. So it became right. like a thing where you can take turns sitting there and making a right. you know, million dollars. You get like a shift at the pool. Like that's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I got the pool shift today. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'm going to make so much money. Yeah. Oh man. I love the local pool though. So yeah. much fun. So poor squint though. He just can't handle it anymore. His love for Wendy can be denied no longer. Right. So Squints, he puts his master plan in motion, which in 1993, I thought was pretty damn cool. Oh, yeah. And, and <laughs> now it just seems, I also did. <laughs> yeah. And now it just seems like sexual harassment. Definitely. It's definitely sexual harassment. I think it still is funny because he's so little. <laughs> Yeah, he's so young, but he, I it's mean, pretty it innocent. Is, it's pretty innocent. It's pretty innocent, but he definitely sexually harasses this lifeguard. Yeah, definitely. So squints, he, he can't really swim, but he heads over to the deep end. He jumps off the diving board and starts to drown. Wendy dives into action and saves squints from the bottom of the pool. Now she pulls him out, starts giving him mouth to mouth. He winks at his friends grabs wendy and pulls her in for a kiss and i mean it's it's great but wendy's furious she throws them all out of the pool but she liked it dude she liked it she waved to him and smiled and then every time he goes by the pool after that she smiles at him yes he got her he got her yeah, I'm not sure I would say she liked it. I think that her she reaction... Loved it. In, she loved listen, it. Think she loved it. Listen, uh, no, I think her reaction in the moment is what she feels. She did not like it. She wasn't bare. She threw him out. But then after like calming down, she was like, that was pretty funny and pretty clever for a little kid to do. And so yeah. I think then she found it funny. And so she like would couldn't help but smile and wave at him every time he went by. Um yeah, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, this was a genius plan. I couldn't wait to to get this into action, get this plan into action. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a little bit of sexual harassment. My my wife is a lifeguard, or, or was a lifeguard when she was uh, a teenager in her early twenties. So she does not like this scene. She okay. gets traumatized by this scene. <laughs> Apparently, the the actor who played Squints was very nervous about this scene, and oh, okay. was always asking. Yeah. You know, is this the day we're going to film that scene? <laughs> and then when it finally was, yeah, he was like, you know, I think he's very, as you would be as like an 11 or 12 year old kid, this would be a nervous thing. This might be his first kiss. So the director just gave him one yeah. bit of advice, said, keep your tongue in your mouth. And, good good uh, piece and of he advice. Did. He did. Good. And they did it. <laughs> and the first, they took the first take, I think. I think they just kept the first wow. one. It was yeah. so good. And, it is good. Yeah. Um, Squints was just like asking for more takes though after after that. He wanted to do it again. <laughs> of course. <laughs> He's like, wanted no, I didn't get it. Let's yeah, let's retake that. Yeah. Uh it's re- I, I like what um I like how the movie sort of treats it because like uh Smalls is saying how horrible it is, right? He's just like what he did was low and it was dirty. And it was cool. Like I like I like their view on it. Like everyone in the movie thinks that it was a <laughs> a bad thing to do, and he took advantage of this lifeguard. But also kind of cool, <laughs> you know. It was it's just funny. It's funny. It's how little kids would think, you know. So that's why mm. I, I kind of appreciate it because I definitely would have thought like this as a little kid. I'd have been like, yeah. all right, what's the master plan <laughs> to get the lifeguard? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, now we haven't really dug into like these these nine characters on the team all that much right but, yeah like who who are some of the standouts for you i'll just run down the the team real quick and Go then maybe it. we can just touch on some standouts i love it we've got smalls we've got benny 
We've got Ham. We've got Squints. We haven't talked about Yaya. There's a Kenny. There's a Bertram. And there's a Timmy and a Tommy. So, I mean, I think it's kind of obvious, like, Smalls and Benny are probably the standouts because the movie's focusing on them. Right. But out of the rest, you know, like, yeah. what do you, who are some of your favorites? I like Ham a lot. Um, I think he's very funny. There's going to be a part coming up um, that we're going to talk about, but uh, he gets into a little bit of heckling um, when he's, when he's, so he's the catcher. So he's always behind the person who's hitting and he, and he's like kind of constantly like heckling them from behind the plate. And I find it so hilarious, the things he said, and he's actually distracting people. I think he's really good. I can see how like that kid made it into some other movies. Like he's got pretty good delivery. I think he knows what is funny and when he's being funny. Um, so I really, I really like Ham a lot. And sort of like a, a ne- another one that I like, but not as much as Ham is I like Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like mm-hmm. his energy. I like sort of his like, um, He's a little bit, uh, he's a little bit like on edge. That's why he's saying things like so quickly and so fast. And I, I like his energy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Those are good calls. Yeah. Those are fun. How about you? Uh, uh I kind of like that. I think it's Tommy. Is Tommy oh, the older yeah. brother and Timmy's Tommy. the younger brother? I think Tommy's the younger. Tommy's younger. Then I like Timmy. Tommy's younger. Okay. Yeah. The older. Yeah. Yeah. Oddly enough. I like the one who's called Timmy. <laughs> Interesting, Tim. I called no, you it... Timmy once. You didn't like it. <laughs> It's first scene coming up where he's just oh, yeah. yeah. It's so great. We'll we'll, t- we'll touch on it when we get there, but um he's he's just a very stoic child. I don't yeah. think a lot of children are like that. I think he did a lot like a I think he did a good job in this role, almost not even acting like a child. He yeah. seems almost like an adult, and I just thought it was totally. a really funny role. Yeah, that line he delivers later is arguably the best in the film. <laughs> That's, yeah. that's what got me. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's good. So good. Yeah. I love it. So the Sandlot crew, they get challenged by a local team, the Tigers. The Tigers have uniforms. They've Ooh, got the rich their kids. Own, yeah, the rich kids. They've got their own home diamond. Yeah. And the Sandlot crew shows up and just kicks their asses. Kicks their asses. I love it. It was a good moment. Yeah, it's a good moment. I love that it wasn't even close. Like they just nope. destroyed them. And this is where Ham is very funny. This is where he's really getting into uh, getting into the heckling from like behind the plate. So funny, just like calling strike three before the the pitch is even in, like before the guy, the kids even swung. He's like, strike three, you're out. And then you see the kids swing and miss. It's so funny. And dude, that's stuff that we did as kids playing oh, baseball. Yeah. Like I, I know oh, yeah. I played baseball as a kid, you know, maybe from when I was like eight to 12 or eight to 13 or something. I know you played baseball yeah. in, into some of the older years. You were, you were, you were more into it than I was. You were taking like lessons and private lessons and stuff like that. Yeah. But these are some of the things we would do as kids at the baseball diamond, you'd like insult the other team in you know, kind of like a respectful way. But I remember coaches being like, you guys have to cut it out. Like you can't say right. that anymore. <laughs> yeah. I remember calling strike three before the ball crosses the plate, trying to like <laughs> mess these other kids up. It's all, it's all very accurate. That's why I think this yeah. is so much fun to go back and watch, you know, um, as someone who has played baseball now, maybe to elaborate on that a little bit, like, do you think someone can enjoy this movie if they're not, let's say, a sports fan? Like, do you think there's something in this? Do you think that the baseball is what's making this like a really fun movie and a nostalgic movie for people? Or do you think that anybody could enjoy this movie? No, actually, I I do think that anyone can enjoy this movie. Actually, of the movies I named at the beginning of the podcast, I think this is the one that... um, matters least that there's baseball in it i think that it's more just about have like kids having fun during the summer and it it does feel like it's probably more of like uh like more like fits with me as a as like a boy like this is what i went through so i don't know how like i know that uh, my wife didn't really watch this movie very much so i don't know how it um, relates to everybody, but for me, like it just felt like hanging out with my friends in summer. It didn't really matter that it was baseball, where like something like Rookie of the Year, Angels in the Outfield, that definitely matters. Like you have to know, you have to like baseball basically to want to watch that movie. But um, 
Sandlot for me, I, I don't think the baseball is essential to it. Yeah, cool. That's uh, that's a question that popped up in my head when I was watching it. And at first I thought, no, you definitely have to like baseball or else you're not going to be into this movie. And then the more I watched and the more I thought about it, I, I 100% agree with you. Uh, it's just about the summer. It's about kids yeah. having fun in the summer. And, you know, the baseball is just kind of like that plot element that's there yeah. to kind of make the story make sense. But I, I do agree that you don't have to like baseball to like this movie. Yeah. So they they beat the Tigers. So it's time to celebrate. Right? Sweet. It's a yeah, big of win. Course. So of course. they go to the they go to the carnival. Hopefully Darkman's not around, eh? <laughs> oh man. I don't want to oh, see man. that. Who who would he be giving a fucking elephant to? Who would he win that for? <laughs> Probably Benny. <laughs> I hope these uh, two movies aren't in the same universe. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, just to see Darkman walking behind them. Yeah. <laughs> going up to creepy. that that <laughs> that bottle throw stand. Yeah. So one of the guys pulls out chewing tobacco and they mm. all dip. Dean, did you ever dip when you played baseball? No, I never did. A lot of my teammates did. Um because I like yeah. I played I played older like you were saying. Right. I played when I was like 16, 17, 18. Um so my teammates did dip, but I never did. Yeah, I mean I was too young for that. We'd always I mean our dip was big league chew. Or, oh, totally. Uh, yeah. Sunflower yeah. seeds. I love just stuffing my oh. pockets and my mouth full of sunflower yes. seeds. I was a big seeds guy. Okay. So are you just regular salted or seasoned? Uh, I was the regular salted and I also liked dill pickle. Oh my goodness. No, you didn't. Yeah. I got myself no, into uh, a little pickle. You guys just I got myself into it. a little dill pickle seeds. Wah, wah. <laughs> um, that I, that's. I'm embarrassed for you, dude, that you were into the dill pickle ones. Whatever, That's like man. That's like cheating. I no, only said I a... salted and seasoned because those are the only two that should matter. When they got into dill pickle and barbecue and like sweet chili and mango and peach on, and ketchup and uh, what else? Horseradish. There's just like they went too far with it, you know? If seasoned can be on your list, then dill pickle can be on your list. No. Uh, well, okay, fine. Let's agree to disagree. Sounds good. I always had a bag of each, though. I, I didn't just strictly have the dill pickle. I would uh, go in between regular flavor and dill pickle. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, I have dipped one time in my life, though. How and was it? was it? a terrible, terrible yeah. experience. I will yeah. never do it again. It ended badly. Good, okay. Now, ended, that's how oh, it, it ended badly. Did it end like this ended? Oh, yeah, basically, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no, yeah. Tim. It ended the same way. Everybody here starts puking. I didn't puke, though, but I felt like I <laughs> right. I was going to puke, and I also fell. I had a fall. Oh, <laughs> it was a no. fall involved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. A fall involved. I do remember that people on my team that would, like, be having it for the first time, they did not look good. They looked like it was they did, they looked like it was a problem. <laughs> they did not want to be dude. doing that. <laughs> dude, it is a problem. Now my my fall didn't occur because of the dip, but okay. when, once the after the fall happened, the impact of the fall combined with the dip kicking in right at that moment, I was not in a good spot. Oh yeah, okay. Wished I hadn't yeah. dipped. Yeah. Never no more again. dipping for you. Yeah. Never again. I'll stick with the big league chew. Yeah. It looks cool though, but it does look cool. Uh, another, That's why you stick with funny, the big league chew. That's yeah. <laughs> funny thing though, as they're explaining what to do with it, like you're just supposed to take some and put it. Like under your gum or under your yeah. like your your mouth, and just you're supposed to kind of suck on it, right? Yeah. And spit it out. And spit. they stuff it in their mouth, and they just start chewing on it. Chewing it, yeah. Like they're activating it so much faster that way. And right. I promise you, you wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. So, anyways, they go on the spinny ride, and everybody's puking, and they do not pull any punches with the puke budget in this movie. It no. is just probably the most expensive thing. What the most amount of money went to in this movie is the puke. And there's <laughs> yeah, puke there's... everywhere. Everyone's puking. It's flying everywhere. It's on everybody. It's on the ground everywhere. Uh, loved it. A lot of fun. Yeah. A little bit uncomfortable, but a lot of fun. It's disgusting. Yeah. $4 million of that budget went to puke. It's true. Getting puke all over there. So that was some just deep brown puke. 
It was, yeah. <laughs> and lots it of it. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. You know what? The spinny ride is a huge mistake also. Stay oh, away from sure. the spinny rides. What are you doing? Dude, for sure. Now, obviously, these kids aren't allowed to have real chew. So they concocted a fake tobacco out of licorice and bacon bits that they chewed for the scene. Cool. Which caused half of the kids to get sick for realsies. Okay. It was that gross as well. Okay. Were they also on a ride? They were, were they yeah, on they a were ride? They were on the real? ride. Okay. They were, legit was, get, they were legit getting sick. I was watching that and I was like, these kids are incredible at looking like they need to puke because th- <laughs> yeah, I don't know right? how you can fake looking like you need to puke, but they look like it. They look like they are actually going to puke. So that's awesome to yeah. know that because I was I was like, these. that's when I started to think like these kids might be the best kid actors I've ever seen. This is amazing, right. this scene. That kid acts so well, he can turn his skin green. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. How is he He's doing so that? He's so good. That's like crying on cue. He can just change the, the, the tone exactly. of his yes. skin. Yes. Great. That's funny. Gross. <laughs> totally gross. Totally gross. Totally but fun. Gross. Totally gross, but fun. Oh, fun. Yeah. And Wipeout's playing in the background. Like, yeah. just good. Yeah. Right? It was wipe. Was it Wipeout? It was Wipeout. They wanted something yeah, okay. else, but they couldn't get the rights to it. I forget what they wanted. Wipeout's uh, fine. Wipeout was fine. The other song was yeah. good too. Yeah. Okay. So the next time that they're at the Sandlot, Benny crushes a ball and he knocks it right out of the leather. Amazing. So the game's going to be over for the day because they have no ball. That was another cool thing too. It's like they yes. only could get en- enough money each day for one ball. Yeah. And if they lost the ball that day, it was like game over for the day until tomorrow when they could get a bit more money, go back to the store and buy a new one. So that was that was fun. That came up a yeah. few times. Yeah. So game's going to be over for the day, except Smalls says he has a ball, but he's the worst at baseball. Why does he have a ball? He has a ball because it's Bill's ball. So he goes home, he grabs the ball so the game can continue. And what do you know? Smalls hits his very first home run. Great moment. Right out of the park, right into the yard of the beast. Now, everybody's celebrating except for Smalls. He's yeah. panicking because that's Bill's ball. And What is not he o- thinking? I, I don't think he was thinking. That's the problem. What is he thinking here, Tim? Even, even before we get to the next part, what is he thinking? Going in and taking a ball that he thinks is Bill's ball that is on his desk in like a ball holder. He's like, he has this super awkward relationship with Bill. He always call, he calls him Bill and dad and he's always changing which one it is. And he's he does not have a very good relationship. Why is he going in and stealing his stuff? What does he do? He doesn't need to get in with these friends. Like I would understand if it was like his first day and he's like, oh, I have a ball. He's already in. He's already friends with them. I don't know what's going on. This might be the biggest bad call we've ever seen, Tim. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think that's it a, is. a bit of a stretch. I, I kind of get it because he, yes, he's in with them, but that doesn't mean he's going to stop trying to impress them, right? Like, he still wants to get deeper in with them. He still wants to be, like, he still wants to go farther with them. So this is his opportunity to, like, help out the whole team, to keep the game going. So I I think in that moment, he wasn't thinking really hard enough about what he was about to do. Now, the, the problem with all this is that that baseball was signed by Babe Ruth. Yeah, shit. And a Smalls doesn't know who that is. Right, which is pretty funny. <laughs> which is you know, almost... that's that's why he grabbed it in the first place because he had no idea. Yeah. He just thought it was a baseball, right? That's the thing too. He it's knows a... nothing about baseball. Like yeah, if you've yeah. never played baseball before, it's a, just a baseball on the shelf. You might just think that it's okay to grab that and play with it. Yeah. So I, I like that uh, at the beginning he didn't know who the great Bambino was. The kids were talking about the great Bambino and he felt very embarrassed. So he wrote down on a piece of paper things to remember about baseball and he wrote down the great Bambino. Um, But he doesn't know that that person's name is Babe Ruth. If he had a better relationship with his his, uh, father... With his bill? He could just... With his bill. He could just go and ask him. He could be like... He should have went right away and asked him like, who's the great Bambino? And then his... 
his uh, father, Bill, would have said like, oh, that's Babe Ruth. I've got a ball signed by him. And then they would have bonded over that. But he's still got this awkward relationship with him. So he doesn't go and ask him. It's the 60s. So there's he's not Googling the great Bambino and figuring out that it's Babe Ruth. So I like that. I like that there's all these nicknames for Babe Ruth and he wasn't able to connect it and know that it's the same person. It's kind of a cool moment and funny. Um, but if he just would have talked to Bill, man, if Bill was just a little more open about baseball with him, he would have known this. He would have known this. Yeah, I mean, he did know that that ball was off limits. I just don't think he knew why. And then No, totally. Yeah, didn't he think- didn't know how how awesome it was. He knew it was like a gift that his that his father had. Um, and cause it was in his trophy case, you know, or it was on his, on his like uh dresser. So he knew it was a big deal. Um, but he didn't know it was signed by the, the player that all the kids love and idolize. Yeah. So the teammates obviously know who Babe Ruth is and that's basically why they agree to help him try to get it right, back. Yeah. Even yeah. though they're putting their lives in danger. Uh, because we learned from an earlier montage that the beast is a child eater. <laughs> so watch out <laughs> this is that was a great okay. montage man yes that was a great yes, flashback this, montage i do need to touch on it because this um i think the whole movie kind of ties into this type of thing and it's that when you're a kid you just you hear maybe something of a story and then you just expand on it you elaborate on it you make it so big and then you tell that kid tells his friend and he even makes it even more big and eventually this story gets around that's just like that a dog ate a child like that's it's just passing between people and people because when it was first said when ham first said that uh the beast ate a kid everyone was like you're lying ham like they all hit him and they were all like you're just making that up but then for the rest of the movie they each used it they each told somebody he ate a kid once he ate a kid so it's like right it's just that feeling of being like a child where like this story just gets passed and passed and you hear these legends you hear like oh i have a friend who did that or i have a friend who did this once and i like i i think that um the way that they pass these stories along is is going to come into play later on in this movie. Mm-hmm. And Squints is the one telling the story of the flashback. Yeah, <laughs> right. And it's great because we get to see it from his eyes. And yeah. in his opinion, the beast is so huge. Like yes, they, they yes. still make it look like a dog, but it's probably like three times larger than a bear would be. It's just this yeah. humongous monstrosity. Uh so I liked that a lot. It's just, it really does totally. kind of get you thinking like, oh man, that is, pre- that's a pretty scary dog. Like that thing yeah. is a beast. I love it. I love when he's telling that story. I love when he's saying like, uh, the beast killed 120, uh, 173 guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's that's all what's true. happening right now. That's what's happening with the story. He's just basically making shit up. Yeah. He just miscounted in his head and corrected himself. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Now, we get to see them trying a bunch of different plans to try to get this mm-hmm. ball back. All of them fail. Um, one of them fails spectacularly with a vacuum explosion in their treehouse. That yes. was my favorite. Great. Yeah. Now, after all the failed attempts, they're basically just forced to give up. There's, just, there's no way they're going to get the ball back from this beast. Yeah. But that evening, Babe Ruth visits Benny in his dream. And convinces him to go after the ball. So they go back to the sandlot the next day for one last attempt. Benny takes off his old black shoes and puts on a brand new pair of the exact same shoes. Yeah, man. (laughs) I didn't really get that, but I kind of liked it. (laughs) They're just going to help him run faster, I guess. Yeah, I, I always knew that he was putting on these cool shoes because they made it so epic like he smalls as like he put on the shoes that are guaranteed to make a kid run faster and jump higher pf flyers but i didn't realize till this time he's taking off pf flyers already they're just old and he's putting on a new pair just a brand new pair top of the game it's like he's like jordan jordan would wear you know different sneakers he changes sneakers at halftime it's exactly like that it's like need those fresh sneaks man yeah exactly so benny hops over the fence the beast comes out, spits the ball out of its mouth. Ooh. And dude, at this point, 
after all their different attempts and the beast just continuing to like bite on and pull back the ball, that ball is completely destroyed. It is disgusting oh, yeah. and destroyed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no coming back. So yeah. that's just something I always, I always got anxious about that in the movie. It always made me uncomfortable that with each attempt, this ball just got more and more destroyed, but totally. it's almost like, Oh, you don't even want to try anymore because if you try again, it's going to get destroyed even more. So I was, yeah, it when always you, made me uncomfortable. Totally. When you see that first attempt, when you see them go the first time, it's like they could probably rinse that thing off and it's probably still fine. It just has some slobber on it. But the more and more they try, the more and more it gets chewed up. Like we've, Tim, we've had a dog and we've had that dog chew up baseballs. Like those balls get, you can't use them anymore. They get disgusting. This ball's signed by Babe Ruth. Like it's, it's done. <laughs> it's chewed up by this dog. Even if you get it back, it's done. Yeah, I think it helped with like how important each of these attempts yeah. were. It just totally, it, yeah. It, made, yeah. It, it heightened the risk of everything, which I think helps. I think it was, a, it was just a really useful tool in the movie yeah. to make you uncomfortable and make you really want the kids to get the ball because yeah. they need it. They need it fast. They need it soon. You know, it's yeah. about to be too late and then it gets to be too late. Yeah. And and when, Tim, when, when Benny jumps over the fence here and he's going to do this, He's going to, as they say in the movie, pickle the beast to get the ball back. Um, this is where I realize we're watching one of those stories happen. This is going to be a legend. It's going to be the kid that jumped over the fence and right. got a ball from the dog that's eaten another kid before. Like this vicious dog that kills people. There was a legend, Benny. He jumped over that fence to get that ball. So I think I think that is a kind of a cool element in it. I, like we're watching the story being told by a kid it makes me not always trust what I'm watching because it might be that this Smalls kid is telling the story how he remembers it and maybe is, you know, embellishing in certain areas. But it was that time that that, that one thing happened, that my friend jumped the fence to get the ball. And I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I think that's the whole, like, um, you know, when they mention that he becomes a legend one summer, yeah. that's, this, is, this is how he did it, yeah. Was, was and that's this, and, this and exact like, thing. Yeah, and that's why I like the wording becomes a legend because like you're like, what do you even mean? He jumped in the backyard and got a ball. Like, wh what do you mean he's a legend? And so that's that's why I like it because it's of all the kids. Like, this is the story that all the kids are going to tell each other because they still think that this beast ate a kid. So it's like, oh man, Benny, that kid jumped a fence and got a ball from that that dog. Well, it's like we've talked about a bunch of times in movies. It's where you build up one character in order to build up yeah. another character. So they build up yeah. the beast and how powerful and like how much of a terror this thing is and then when we see benny you know basically what he does is he hops over the fence he runs towards the beast grabs the ball runs away and hops over the fence before the beast can get him so that just makes benny look like the he's the new legend right because the yeah. beast was the old legend benny right. bested him now benny's yeah. the new legend so exactly yeah it's, exactly. it's really cool and it's a great plan except for the fact that the beast just jumps over the fence after Benny. Yeah. It's not over when he gets away with the ball. No. So now, now the beast is chasing Benny through the neighborhood. Yeah. And this went on for, I think, 45 minutes or something. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty long, Tim. This is a long, long chase through the neighborhood. My favorite part is when he goes through uh, the movie screen. Yeah. I like that part a lot. Yeah. Is that is that Wolfman that's on that's Wolfman, the screen? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wolfman. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I love that part. I think it's really cool. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, eventually, uh, Benny leads it back to its own hell, its own house where he right, yeah. jumps back over the fence again, trying to lead it back there. And the fence ends up falling on top of the beast and pinning the beast underneath. And it's, he's, the beast is kind of whimpering, like he's in trouble here. Yeah. Um, so Benny and Smalls help lift the fence off the beast and now the beast is thankful and wants to be friends with them yeah i like this because we've had benny's basically hero moment of you know, jumping in getting the ball then running around town so i like that we kind of circle back to smalls and his hero moment is being the only one who wants to help the dog out who's crushed under the fence like he realizes that this is a dog like they've built up the legend but it's a dog being crushed by a fence so he goes to lift it. No other kid is going to help um, except for Benny. Benny, his best friend, Benny, um, comes and helps him get the fence off. So I, I really like that moment for Smalls to sort of make bring him back around to being like the hero of this as well. Yeah, for sure.
Now, the Beast is, is very thankful and takes the kids over to his baseball collection. Right. So he's got all the balls from all the years that went over the fence. So now yes. it's, it's great. These kids now have all the balls they'll ever need to keep the game going, yeah. which I thought was a yeah. really, really nice touch. Some of them look pretty new. So they've got lots of baseballs there. Yeah. Now they go to the back door. They knock on the door to return the dog and explain what happened with the fence. And James Earl Jones comes out. It turns out that he's quite the baseball collector himself. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he used to play baseball and he knew Babe Ruth. So amazing. He replaces the ruin ball signed by Babe Ruth with one signed by Babe Ruth and the rest of the 1927 New York Yankees. Great. Great. That's a good score. Yeah, that's a nice trade. Mm-hmm. So Smalls gives Bill the new ball. He only gets grounded for one week. And they all of a sudden become like a real father and son here now. <laughs> well, I, I, mean, like, I was like, what? Yeah. Wait, wh- wait, all Smalls needed to do was bribe Bill for his love? I think so, that's, Tim. That's, I think that's, the, that's the message they're telling us in this movie? That's the message here. He still gets grounded because he still stole a ball, but he came back with a better ball. So, you know, right. they're... They're tight now. They they play catch in the backyard now, and they're best of friends. Actually, also, Smalls being good at baseball helps out his relationship with Bill, which just makes Bill even more of an asshole. He doesn't want to teach this kid how to play baseball. He just wants his kid to be good at it so they can play catch in the backyard. He doesn't right. want to put in any effort to him. He just wants it to I know. work. He just wants Smalls to give him, like, the best baseball he's ever owned and to play catch in the backyard. Yeah, so for all the kids out there listening, if you want the love... <laughs> of your parents bribe them and get into the things that they like that's what the sandlot's telling us <laughs> exactly exactly and that will get that's, you their love that's how to do it i also hope there's no kids out there listening <laughs> right yes <laughs> because this our podcast is explicit content that would have been a mistake yeah there's there's an e on this podcast <laughs> but if you are listening and you're a kid thanks for thanks for listening Hope you, like, hope you like the you. show. Yeah. We drop us you. a line. <laughs> drop us a line. Yeah. Hey, drop us a line. <laughs> yes. Somebody. Oh, Tim, Tim, before we leave James Earl Jones here, um, a part that I really liked about this was when Squints or no, sorry, Smalls had an idea right away to go over to the house, knock on the door, and right. ask him to get the ball for them. And Squints is like, what are you talking about? He's the meanest old man that ever lived. He's the one that fed the beast that kid. <laughs> just, yeah. You just, again, you're just building up. You're just, kids just lie. He's just building yeah. up this legend, building up this story. And as soon as they go, after all these attempts and all this running around with the dog, as soon as they go to bring the dog back, James Earl Jones is like, why don't you just knock on the door? I would have got it for you. Yeah, <laughs> I he's love the it. nicest guy. I love guy. that it was brought up and then... He was just like, yeah, I would have got it. (laughs) He's not feeding kids to his dog. Come on. Yeah, it's very funny. It's good. Yeah. Now we get a quick wrap up of um, the kids and kind of what they all become later on in life. Uh, My favorite, obviously, being Squints, who grows up to marry Wendy Peppercorn. And they have something like nine kids. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. (laughs) Which one did you like? Which grown up kid story? Um, I like, I like, um, Bertram who gets really into the sixties and no one ever heard of from him again. I mean, that's probably bad. That's probably a sad thing, but it was really funny. They were just going through everyone and they were all kind of successful and yeah. they all had done something or invented something like special or like that we know now because of what, like the experiences they went through, except for Bertram who got really into the sixties. Nice. Yeah, I like that one too. <laughs> oh, I also like I like that uh, so the dog's name is Hercules and they gave the dog a shirt to wear that says Hercules on it and that shirt is the shirt that I believe um Benny was wearing when he was being chased by the dog. Oh, okay. That's It was cool. that it was that uh three-quarter sleeve with like green sleeves. Um and I think that was what he was wearing. So that's that's mm. kind of cool. That's neat. Now we end um, on on Benny as as to what the kids did when they grew up. We end on Benny, and he's a professional baseball player playing for the L.A. Dodgers. Cool. And Smalls is announcing the game. 
and Benny attempts to steal home. He's trying to pickle the other team, I guess. Interesting. Yes, he's great at it. He makes it. He's safe. He's called safe. The Dodgers win the game because of it. And Benny looks up and gives Smalls the thumbs up. Smalls returns it and looks over at his wall where there's a picture of the Sandlot crew as kids and the end. Yes. Tim, a couple things I like about this. Love the thumbs up. That's what they did to each other in the field when Benny hit that ball right in his glove. And then the team was like, okay with it. They gave each other the thumbs up. So I like the callback to that. Um, Smalls is wearing the shitty fishing hat again. He somehow somehow got that thing back and he's wearing it. So I like the Mm -hmm. callback to that. And then I like um, they flash three baseballs uh, when he's in there announcing. One baseball is the... uh, the one with all the Yankees that have signed it, the one that uh, Bill, he had given to Bill, so he's got it now. The other one is the chewed up Babe Ruth ball is still there. Yeah. And the third one is a ball that they bought and just wrote Babe Ruth on it to try to just put it back. Like as soon as they lost the Babe Ruth ball, they bought a ball and wrote Babe Ruth on it and put it back into the, um, on the like trophy case, just so that if his mom came in the room, um, she wouldn't just notice that a ball was missing. So I thought that that was like a cool idea for them to put that ball there. And then also I liked that he kept it just to like, remember what happened, remember what, what they went through instead of using that ball or getting rid of that ball. It's like, it's part of the story. So I loved seeing those three balls there at the end. Yeah. I love that. I definitely noticed it. I loved that. I loved that um, Smalls has this collection of important things to him. Yes, yes. In his kind of his broadcast booth like that. Like the picture of them as kids, those balls. Then I think there's two other pictures. And I believe one of them was from Bill's collection. And I believe one of them was from James Earl Jones collection. Yeah. Uh, I think there was one of each. So really, really liked the way that they just ended it with the camera showing this wall of kind of these most important things for Smalls. And they were all from that summer. It was just all from that one time. So he's telling us in the movie that this was the most important summer of his life. And so I like that when we see him as an adult doing his job, he has so many pieces from that summer. So it really is like at that point, I'm like, I really do believe that that summer changed this kid like that. This is the most important summer to this kid. For sure. And it also carved yeah. the path for what he's now doing with his adult exactly. life. Yeah, right? exactly. Didn't know any, didn't even know how to play baseball. And now he announces no. baseball. Didn't even know who Babe Ruth was. And now he's knows probably all the stats, all the player stats. Yeah. Baby Ruth. Who's she? Baby Ruth. Some woman signed it. Uh, Ruth. Baby Ruth. Tim, <laughs> when has baby ever been spelled B-A-B-E? That's I don't know. not how you say baby. Put a little accent over top that E. <laughs> yeah. Smalls isn't like the smartest kid. He makes no. a couple a couple bad choices. I want to stick uh, stick here for a second though on how this was the most you know the the favorite summer f- for Smalls. Yes, yes. Because you can imagine being a child acting in this movie that this probably would have been pretty impactful. Uh, and it was for, for all the kids involved. And looking back on it, almost all of them said that this was the best summer of their lives, just being in this movie. Really? So, yeah. So that's like, I just think that's so cool. Mm-hmm. This this movie that's trying to remind you about like a certain time and place that that these, you know, characters in the movie just thought was the most fun. They're, they recreate that, and then the people actually acting those roles kind of absorb that and end up having the best summer of their lives at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Really, I thought it was a really interesting thing to read, so. Yeah, that's why it's such a great summer movie. It's got those, it's got those vibes, it's got those feels. I just, whenever I put this one on, I I just remember a summer day going out, like, with your friend and just like playing in a field, doing something, hitting balls at each other or throw it, playing catch, whatever it is. Um, it just really reminds me of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say this is more a movie about summer and fun as children than it is baseball. Yeah. And pickling beasts. And pickles. And, pi- and pickle. There's a lot of pickles. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we've done it again. We successfully completed another episode. 
Fantastic. Dean, thank you so much for joining. Yes, thank you, Tim. And thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.